What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. You all know what it is. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, you come here, you expect a few odd jokes and me to go off about things I say I'm not going to go off about. And then at the end of maybe 45 minutes or an hour and a half, depending on how much I want to talk, the pod is over. So, yeah, welcome on in. Welcome on in. That is uh, that is quite the climb. That is quite the lift off to episode 313 of the Full Go podcast. I'm Jason Goff. Of course, this thing is brought to you by The Ringer. And Spotify is the gang. We are coming to you on a Thursday night after Bears Panthers huh Thursday night football the Bears get their second win on Thursday night their third overall to lift their record to three and seven now and man 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 
Uh, I'm sorry, America. Like for the the out of town fans of the Full Go podcast and the people who follow me from Atlanta or any other, you know, crevice of the uh, nation that you've been able to hear my voice in. I'm sorry. I apologize that you had to watch the Bears on national television for three hours tonight. And, uh, and however you chose to spend your, your Thursday night, man, that game, that, that joint had the mark of the beast. That, that thing was two high school squads going at it. And, and the lead story in this game. Yes. I am very, very happy that the Bears have themselves another victory because as you know, it's few and far between this year. Um, you, you, you force. Another loss onto the Carolina Panthers, which ultimately helps the Bears, who right now, if the season were to end today, have the number one overall pick. I believe it's number one and number four overall. I think I saw that from NBC Sports Chicago uh, and the football after show crew afterwards. Ruthie Polinski, shout out to Dave Wanstead, shout out to Lance Briggs, and of course, our every Tuesday guest, Alex Brown. Look forward to hearing him talk about his man, Tyson Bajan, after tonight's performance. But the lead story in that game to me, y'all, is the number one pick might be shaky. <laughs> might be a little, a little bad. Like, and it's so, it's so terrible too, because Bryce Young seems like such an amazing young cat. Like everything that you've heard about him and from him, uh, he seems like a, a pro in the making. And now he has become a pro after winning the Heisman Trophy at Alabama. And boy, did I see the pitter patter of little feet? He is such a slight little man. Like I, you know, the accuracy thing, I don't think is an issue for whatever reason. There was one point in the game where he was eight for 18. And I know they don't have a lot of wide receivers on that team. I could DJ Moore is here now. <laughs> and I know that offensive line is no damn good, but boy, that, that Bryce Young thing ain't looking. And then to have CJ Stroud have the week that he had. <laughs> and, then, and then you look at the number one pick on a nationally televised state struggle the way he did. Now, I will say this, man. The Bears defense, um, Montez Sweat was the best player on the football field on both sides. Montez Sweat had eight pressures. I believe that he raised his total to 40 on the season. I think it's number four, number five overall this year in the NFL for defensive players. Like, this dude, you know, it, it reminds me of, and, and don't, don't get crazy on me, but I remember when Julius Peppers was acquired by the Chicago Bears. And you you saw the impact of Julius Peppers, not just in the sacks or the pressures that he was getting or wasn't getting at times, but the fact that he took so much attention. You know, there was a moment in tonight's game where Justin Jones broke through, just ran over. Uh, I think it was uh, Throckmorton ran him over and got to Bryce Young. And that was because Bryce Young had to step up in the pocket a little bit. This was after a chip had been sent to Montez Sweat's side of the football field. And then he was also double teamed after that. Like we talk about how players can make other players better. Montez Sweat, I think in the quarters that he has been a Chicago bear has made the defense better just by his hustle in the last game after having what two practices in three days as, as a Chicago bear, he goes out there and plays. I thought a, a pretty damn good ball game. Now gets his feet wet a little bit more, gets a little bit more comfortable, has more practices with the squad, you know, learns the terminology, even though defensively you're not, you know, you're not really learning a whole lot in terms of what you have to do as a defensive end. But Montez Guess what was the best football player on the field tonight? And it was one of those things where, you know, as a Bears fan, I, I can't continuously watch week after week and understand that 
this means nothing or this is only about draft order. No, it's about the dudes that are out there too. You, for the first time in a while, you saw the, the entire secondary out there healthy, right? Kyler Gordon out there making plays. Tyreek Stevenson dropped a pick, right? The, the most picked on corner in the NFL. I learned that from Al Michaels and the boys. And boy, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet have become the new Jim Nance of football where they just pour syrup on everything. Boy, Kirk Herbstreet has nothing critical or negative to say about anyone with a football helmet on when he is in front of a microphone. And hey, God love it if you are, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Optimism at all times. But I mean, there was points where Tyson Bajan and Bryce Young was stinking up the joint. He was just talking about the the mechanics on a play. Yeah, that's what it was. There was a play action pass where Tyson Bajan, it looked like a 707 drill where you see a dude not trust where he wants to throw the football and just runs out of bounds. It, it, it was first and 10 on that play. It then became second and nine. And you would have thought that it was the play fake to end all play fakes that, that ended in a 45 yard touchdown because the safety was manipulated by the deception of the quarterback. I'm like, wait a minute, man. Come on, Kirk. Like you, you can say, Hey man, he's got to get rid of the ball there or, you know, he's got to force it. And that's where the conversation I think leads to now. Tyson Bajant was told if you turn that football over you may not make it out of that series and he played like that I'm so glad Tyson Bajan played like himself these last two weeks he came back down to earth especially this week he was asked Bears to do talk things with Jason that, Goff you know, on the full goal asked to back up to do which is not lose you a football game you know, had 24 to throws in the, the first ring. half and That's I was thinking about while we're going into halftime like man this, this is a lot you put a lot on a dude's plate against a team that isn't very good, right? That you knew you were going to stay in the game with uh, for as long as you possibly could because they're bad too. So just manage the game. Give the ball to Deontay Foreman, which, you know, has been the revelation over the last few weeks. Um, Deontay Foreman has been their best offensive weapon. Uh, yards after contact, pushing piles, making sure this thing stays close. Um, I, I enjoy watching Deontay Foreman run. I would love to have a person with a little bit more juice in the backfield. No, no, no pun intended. Juice Herbert out with, with various injuries. Thought he might go tonight. Uh, did not go, but Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman held it down. Uh, if, if, when you can run the football 37 times in a football game, 37 times with 133 yards, you're controlling the game. You're controlling the action. And they treated this as if they had an undrafted rookie at quarterback instead of the heir apparent, the the dude who's going to take over for Justin Fields and never give his job back. No, they treated it like a dude who hadn't seen top-level competition until three weeks, four weeks ago. So, yeah, Tyson Bajan was himself, which is a quarterback that can't turn the football over ever. And, hey, y'all, he does not have a professional arm. Like, there were so many throws where I'm like, man, you know, they, they, Carolina dropped a couple of picks. There was, there was one on the, on the goal line where, you know, the, Deontay Foreman got the ball on the next, the very next play, but he throws a ball to Darnell Mooney that's a little bit behind him in between two defenders, and it pops up in the air, and I'm thinking to myself, we got ourselves a red zone turnover, which is the worst of the turnovers because you can at least come away with points. And speaking of coming away with points, Frank Reich, dog, a 59-yard field goal, Huh? That that's 
That's Joe Judge territory right there, player. That's Rich Cotite. That's <laughs> that, that that's that shit that that you just like. So so how bad do you not want this gig? Like you know. And then they put the the, the best shots of the night. By the way, were how beautiful Thursday night football and those cameras made this city look, as we all know it to look. Like it was the, the, the city looked like a kingdom, man. The city looked amazing. The scenic shots were outstanding. <laughs> but the best camera work all night long for me was David Tepper getting thrown on the camera and knowing he was on the camera and immediately becoming pissed. As if as if he's like, hey man, what the hell? we can't do nothing about like these are our broadcasts as the NFL. Y'all just gonna just gonna sell me up the river like this? Like I know my teammate shit. I know I, I know I'm probably gonna have to fire another coach. I know I promised uh Super Bowls. I know I said Bryce Young is gonna be, you know, the the best thing since sliced bread. They put the camera on that man, he was pissed he was perturbed and then they quickly took it off him because he still is one of 32 owners in the nfl you will mess around and get fired <laughs> like he he could press the button on you so that was that was hilarious to me but other than that this game was ass man this game was shit like it was terrible from start to finish it looked like a high school football game and i was sitting there at the end i'm like please lord you better not you better not send this game to overtime like eddie pinheiro we we know you we we know your work hey player not tonight all right running clock <laughs> we we got dinner reservations out here we ain't trying to watch this shit for another how many plays i don't care what you new overtime rules it ain't gonna make the quarterback in better and 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 bravo to this game highlighting the fact that quarterbacking is damn tough man quarterbacking ain't easy don't give a fuck who you are what school you went to where you were drafted justin fields on the sideline while the number one pick and an undrafted rookie are on the field in a thursday night game so for every every man out there, every dude who was rooting for Tyson Bajan just because he thought or he saw himself in his high school football days like emerging and that little bit of pride and ownership that you may take as a fan when you invest in a player, it's not easy. The number one pick in the draft looked horrible, okay? A Heisman Trophy winner looked horrible. The undrafted, what was it, rookie out of Shepherd University? Yeah, 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 you know, they had to play a damn near perfect game for them to win by three points against the worst team in the NFL. No turnovers, no sacks allowed, no offensive touchdowns allowed. And that takes us. Y'all know where I'm going. Richard Hightower, we talk about you on a weekly basis on this show. <laughs> Y'all got one job, man. <laughs> One job. The kicking game has one job. Don't, well, a few jobs. Don't turn the ball over. No penalties and don't allow anybody to score. I looked at the Amir Smith Marset return and I was sitting thinking to myself, I'll be damned if they mess around and lose this game. And the only score <laughs> is a punt return touchdown. Richard Hightower. Come on, dog. You got a bunch of coaches who can't even stay in the building due to HR reasons. You got Matt Eberflus telling the sideline reporter coming out of halftime that he had something up his sleeve. Like, who the, 
Who the fuck waits till halftime to, to deploy a trick play? What do you have up your, uh, was Justin Fields getting ready to come out in the, in the second half? Like, Matt Eberflus, I, like, I, for a moment there, I thought he went in there at halftime and lit up real quick or, or hit the vape pen on the way out. Cause he had this weird grin on his face and he, he was talking about the first half performance and he, and he, he kind of winked and it was like a weird, creepy kind of thing. Not creepy. Cause I don't want to put that on him. Lord knows I don't want to put that on him with, with what's been going down at Hallis this last six, seven, eight weeks when it comes to, to, to assistant coaches no longer being there. But he had this like weird, like Cheshire cat grin where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I got a, I got a little something, something special up the sleeve when we come out here in the second half, only to not do anything special at all. They didn't do a damn thing. They ran the football. The man threw the ball 24 times in the first half, only had to throw it nine times in the second half. That game was a national broadcaster's wet dream of doing all the to Bears toughness, uh, Windy City references. I'm surprised they didn't get like a, a camera shot of deep dish pizza or a Chicago hot dog just to just to bring it all full circle for everybody, just to make everybody comfortable out there watching. You know what I mean? And then, you know, just talk about Chicago violence just to cap it off. You know, just hit all the Chicago talking points because that game was ass. So much so that they did a, they did a variety show in the middle of the fucking game with Jason Kelsey. Like they just start interviewing Jason Kelsey in the middle of the second. They were talking to Jason Kelsey for more of the second quarter than they were actually talking about the football on the field, which I don't blame them, by the way. If I would have had guests around, you know, uh, hey, coming up in the third quarter, we get to, to get, we, we get ready to talk to local Chicago rappers because this shit is trash. Uh, this is not entertaining you nor me. Al is really only looking at the line. Let's be honest about it. Shout out to all our people out there on FanDuel Sportsbook app. But yeah, Al. And then at the game, Al says, you know, the Bears win by three, which makes some people happy. I'm like, come on, Al. The whole world is gambling now. You ain't got to code it anymore. So yeah, man, it was it was fun. You got a chance to see uh, your second round pick or what, what this year's second round pick has turned into in terms of Montez Sweat. Uh, you give the Panthers another loss and you get closer and closer to maybe finding your next quarterback in the draft with two picks that will be in the top five, hopefully. So um, an overall, a good night for the Bears. It's a good night for the Bears. That defense looked different. It felt different. I know the Carolina Panthers are ass, but – if they would have went out there and scored 20, 24 points against the Bears, you know, I'd be sitting here dragging them. So they did their jobs. You know, it was good to see Jalen Johnson out there making plays. Kyler Gordon was all over the field, man. And if if the nickelback, the three technique and the weak side linebacker position are the most important positions on this defense and the cover two defense that Matt Eberflus, uh, you know, plays, hey, Kyler Gordon had himself a nickelback game. Okay, he had, he was all over the place playing in the slot, played the run game on the perimeter very, very aggressively and physically. I believe he had eight or you know, seven or eight tackles. So he was out there doing his thing. And to see Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson back there, like the, the playmakers were back there in the second half and, and I'm sorry, in the secondary and were you know making plays against a rookie quarterback who doesn't have a lot of options, doesn't have a lot of talent around him. So. I was I was enthused at the way the defense looked. If this defense can start to show you something over the last seven games of the season, whatever the case may be, then then we're cooking with gas. Then you can drop a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, whatever your talent t- evaluators tell you, you know, is the best route to go. You can drop that kind of player into a more secure and sound situation. I don't think the Bears situation is as bleak as it seems. You know, Ryan Poles got a lot of work to do. 
the, the offseason is going to be interesting. But some of these games are are for us to not only see what the future is looking like with, with draft orders and all this other stuff, but what the present is looking like. And presently, that was um that was a respectable Bears defensive outing. Offensively, this is how, this is the way they're going to have to do it. Even when Justin comes back, to be honest with you, this is the kind of play this is the kind of play calling that they will have to employ when Justin comes back. Now, why Tyson Bajan has one playbook seemingly, and Justin Fields has another, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're finding out that the play caller knows that his security and his leash is a little longer than the guy that they didn't draft. So we'll see. We'll see. Because there's also that, you know, there was reports out there that Justin Fields could have played tonight. And whatever you want to believe out there, you know, give them the 10 days to, to get a little bit healthier as they get ready to go up against Detroit. That's fine. But I won't argue with you if you are out here saying they're doing the tank win stuff again. I, I won't argue with you. You know, I mean, of course, if they lose, they get higher. But if Carolina wins, they get lower. So, you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. All I know is it's good to talk about something other than a Bears loss after a Bears game. So, um, you know, keep on throwing out that dreck and winning games by three on nationally televised stages against bad football teams. We'll take it. We'll take it because the Detroit game, that, that ain't looking too pretty. So Bears get themselves another win. Tyson Bajant shows people that quarterbacking is hard. And Montez Sweat is the best player on the football field. Those are my takeaways uh, from Bears Panthers on Thursday Night Football. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 money line bet wins. And speaking of money line wages, we got a three-team parlay for you, the Casual Betting Brothers. And shout out to, I believe his name was Norm. He ran into me at the suite, and he's like, hey, man, love the info that the Casual Betting Brothers are giving me. I'm like, oh, there we are. We're right there for you, Norm. I hope your name was Norm. But the Casual Betting Brothers have something for you. Again, Norm. I hope it's Norm. The Jacksonville Jaguars on the money line against the San Francisco 49ers. We got the Ravens over the Browns at home on the money line, as well as the Houston Texans who are traveling to face Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So we got a three-team money line parlay for you. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Houston Texans. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You got the live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can dive into the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find the popular parlays that have already been pre-built for you, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Coming up next on the Full Go Podcast, my voice will stop cracking like I am a 12-year-old boy. And on top of that, <laughs> we'll talk to Tate Frazier. Uh, the man knows everything that you need to know about college basketball. He's going to bring me up to speed. I'm going to have conversations with him about why I fell off and then why I'm looking to get back in. Like I'm looking at college basketball this year as like my 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 newfound hobby or reintroduction to like, you know, potting plants or knitting or, you know what I mean? Like, like something something that that old people do cuz I'm old now. So my old person hobby this winter will be College basketball and getting reintroduced to it. So the ringers, Tate Frazier, joins us next to uh, break it on down and see what this season's looking like. The full goal with Jason Golf. Now, Tate, I, uh, you are, uh, you are the man with the unenviable task of catching me up. Like uh, I have had a weird relationship with college basketball <laughs> the last couple of years. I okay? get you. I feel as you. a kid, as a kid, you couldn't couldn't tear me away from college basketball season, especially in this city, in this state, right? Big 10 territory, all the great high school basketball players that were coming out of this state. So I, you know, I grew up watching Sean Respert and Glenn Robinson and Mike Finley and dudes like Rashard right. Griffith and Kiwan Garrison. And it was in my DNA because I always wanted to know who the next guys were, right? right. I wanted to know who the new hot bands were before they started hitting tours and making anthems, right? And then COVID hit and, and, and I was like, like this, this all seems a little <laughs> trite, a little silly, you know? We got, yeah, we got yeah. grownups. We got grownups arguing to make kids play and kids don't know if they want to play. It's just, right. you know, you're taking that shit back to your granny. It was just a weird time. It was yeah. a weird time, right? It, it happened quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we're on the other side of it and it hit me, Tate, when uh, when the NBA draft happened. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck anybody is. <laughs> like, like, you missed two years of college basketball where you just jump in on a big game here and there. It's like, wait a minute. I, I don't know who the sixth pick in the draft is. I got to get myself back together. So, Tate Frazier, tell me the teams that I should be um, viewing the most, the teams that intrigue you, the players, like outline this college basketball season uh, and and let us know what we we will be sampling uh, as far as your work is concerned right here on The Ringer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a jam-packed year. It's all about the bigs in college basketball. You talked about uh, how things have changed. I think as the NBA has gone small ball, uh, they have eradicated the idea that you need the bigs, and the bigs say, you know what, let's stay in college, and let's, let's get paid, right? You <laughs> talked right. about the, the differences, right? I mean, now that NIL is around, and uh, you can do your name, image, likeness deals, you know, you get guys like Armando Baycott in North Carolina, He's, he's living in life. You know what I mean? He's almost a millionaire. Might be a millionaire at this point. So that's the difference, right? In college basketball, you got the bigs that come back 
They can make good amount of money. Drew Timmy at Gonzaga last year, right? He was doing that. He was eating off that. But um, the big names are Zach Eady at Purdue, right? Seven right. foot three, seven foot four. Uh, depending on what measurements you look at. He's, uh, you know, the reigning national player of the year. Unfortunately for Zach Eady and Purdue, they lost to a 16 seed. Um, that had never happened until 2019 when Virginia did it, but uh, the, or 2018. Then luckily they came back in 2019 and won the national championship. Mm-hmm. So Purdue is trying to follow that br- blueprint with uh, Zach Eady. They got a sophomore backcourt uh, with Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, those two guys. I think that junior year is the year that they take the leap and make the Final Four and potentially win the national championship. So if they do it this year, they'll be ahead of schedule. But Purdue is a conversation point coming off losing to a 16 seed, obviously. Kansas is the preseason number one team. You got Hunter Dickinson transfers from Big Ten country, right? Um, you know, and goes down to play for mm-hmm. Bill Self. Bill Self said he's the most talented offensive big man he's ever coached. The rest of us in America said, "Oh yeah, remember Joel Embiid? He played there." I'm not to say. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, Hunter passes that test. I don't know if he passes the Joel Embiid test, but Bill Self is believing the hype. He looked great in his first game for Kansas, so he's in the conversation uh, as a big. Uh, I don't like to talk. About about this team, but you're in Chicago. They know all about uh, the the guys that come out of Chicago and go down to Duke and play for the Blue Devils. But Kyle Filipowski, a sophomore at Duke, is in the conversation as well. He will probably be ACC Player of the Year based on all the uh, the pundits out there. So he's a name to know. He's a sophomore. He came back. Five-star kid. Where's number 30? John Shire, his head coach, who won a national championship in 2010, wore number mm-hmm. 30. So uh, he knows how to suck up to his head coach, and that probably means more <laughs> shots. I would assume that means more shots. And then... Um, you know, you got like some some fun storylines, right? Caleb Love, who was at North Carolina, played in the Final Four, hit the shot to knock Coach K out and end his career. He's now at Arizona. Um, so that that's the other part of college basketball that uh, kind of will blow your mind a little bit. You got big top flight players that are now jumping from one blue blood to another mm-hmm. blue blood or from one top program to another top program. So those are some of the names to know. And then uh, the biggest name probably on our show will be Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino is back at St. John's. He's going to be New York basketball. And, uh, you know, he, he just is a walking, um, you know, commercial for college basketball. So uh, we talk a lot about Rick Pitino. So that that's a little bit of a, a a little appetizer a little for all, yeah, a little, little appetizer <laughs> for all things college basketball. Yeah, I, I knew St. John's was back in full effect when I saw a brother named Soriano knocking down threes. You I was like, know. oh shit, they back. <laughs> shout out to Felipe Lopez and the boys. Queen's gonna find them. Queen's shout, gonna get the money. Shout out to Felipe Lopez. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good time to, you know, I mean, St. John's basketball, right? I mean, they have great pedigree. They, I mean, you look at 1995, they're a top 10 program all-time wins, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they got the history. Chris Mullen, shout out to him. So, uh, you know, I think I think they got good stuff on the way. Rick Pitino will deliver. So there you go. So you mentioned Kansas. Obviously, they win the Big 12 every single year because (laughs) that's just what they do. Uh, And look at the Big East. You know, the the styles of playing conferences always intrigue me. But now with the transfer portal and name, image, image and likeness, like styles of play really don't matter. You you get recruits or you get free agents slash transfers. Which conference uh, would you say, whether it be the Big Ten, I've heard the Big East is like a, a dark horse, great conference. And of course, the Big 12's got the big boys in it. Wh- which conference is, is your favorite? 
uh, going into this year? I think the Big 12 is, until proven otherwise, the best conference in basketball. And uh, you mentioned Kansas wins it every year. It's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of talent. There's a lot of good basketball teams in the Big Mm -hmm. 12. I mean, Baylor won the national championship in 2021, and they beat Gonzaga, who's undefeated. So it's not like the Big 12 is, uh, you know, and then 2022, Kansas wins it. So they had back-to-back national champs. Last year is the Big East with UConn. Big East is trying to make the argument that they are the top conference. You got Marquette with Shaka Smart. You got UConn with Dan Hurley. Villanova Mm -hmm. should bounce back this year with Kyle Neptune. Uh, we already mentioned Patino, but I think the Big 12 adding Houston and Kelvin Sampson, uh, a lot of people when they talk about top flight college coaches, I think a lot of times we forget about Kelvin Sampson because he got in yeah. trouble making phone calls that's now fully legal, you know what I mean? But we act like it's right. some big thing that he made phone calls <laughs> to kids, but um, we, we don't talk about him enough, and I think Houston is a top tier program. Uh, I think that they are uh, you know, right up there and they're going to be in the Big 12 this year, so I think they're going to add another contender, a title contender to the Big 12. So I, I think that they're the undisputed best conference until proven otherwise. All right, let's get back into the Big Ten conversation. We've mm-hmm. already had a chance to see or think about what Tom Izzo looked like and sounded like after uh, they lost a game that they shouldn't have lost a couple of nights ago. Uh, they, they've got, I forget the kid's name, we've got the Springs that's jumping out the gym already. Cohen Carr. Uh, Cohen Carr, yes. That, that is a ridiculously athletic young man. Uh, what is this Michigan State thing going to be? Is, is it the same, you know, take them through the grind, tough schedule, then you find out that you beat their ass all all season long and you're only in the middle of the Big Ten conference schedule like what are we going to learn about the Spartans this year I think this is the best thing that could have happened to Tom Izzo and I know a lot of people are like what do you mean they lost to James Madison Tom Izzo he loves adversity and he loves sometimes he has to manufacture that adversity right because that's the way that he galvanizes his group that's the way that he teaches lessons and it turns out this year that he didn't have to make up any adversity he just got to watch his team flounder (laughs) and let Tyson Walker just you know even though he had 35 points I mean six free throws they missed 23s right they look like the houston rockets out there so um (laughs) i think uh michigan state this is actually good news for them because now tom Izzo can run them in practice all week he can get their attention he can threaten the idea that cohen carr can start jeremy fears can start right he's got talent that are freshmen that can threaten some of those you know guys that don't want to lead that are older he can say well if you don't want to lead you're gonna sit on the bench and i'm gonna play these freshmen that have natural talent and natural gifts so um i think cohen carr will end up starting very soon for this team and i think come march when tom Izzo is in full form they're still going to be a tough out for anybody so i I don't write them off based on the james madison game and in fact tom Izzo's nephew was on staff at james madison so there Mm. might be some collusion going on i don't know Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happened uh, a little, little, little Big Ten basketball side stealing going just on. the other way. I don't know, Jason. Something went on there. But, uh, you know, I think Michigan State will be all right. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. Uh, Illinois. Mm. You know, there's a lot of talk about Brad Underwood. A lot of talk about this team. Uh, how good can they be? And it, how what kind of kid can you expect to go to Illinois now that the foundation has been laid of, okay, this is what this is what he's going to do? Can can he get the kind of kids to get them over the hump? Or is it just going to take a special kind of kid who knows he's going to get screamed at sometimes right on camera? Yeah, I mean, I think Brad Underwood and Tom Izzo have that same old school kind of, uh, I'm going to get really red in the face and yell at you, but then after the fact, I'm going to put my arm around you and tell you that I love you. You know, it's like the definition of tough love. I think Izzo is a little bit better about putting his arm around guys than maybe Brad Underwood is, um, which is why some people have a, you know, feel type of way about Brad. But I mean, you know, Trent Frazier, who played at Illinois, I, I, I'm a big fan of Trent. And when I talked to him mm-hmm. about Underwood, he was like, we all know it comes from a good place and it comes from, you know, he has high expectations 
for us because he knows how talented we are. And I think Illinois is talented. I mean, the fact that John Calipari was trying to take and poach assistant coaches off your staff at Illinois says a lot about how they've been able to recruit, how they've been able to get top flight talent to go to Illinois and play for Illinois. I think Brad Underwood is, is, is a real treat in that sense. I think the next step, right, the next evolution of this team is to take that talent and actually do some damage in March. 2021 was the year. They win the Big Ten tournament. They're going to be playing in Indianapolis where they just won the Big Ten tournament. It felt like with Desumu and, you know, Kofi Coburn, they, they kind of had all the, the right pieces to make a Final Four run. I, in right. fact, picked them to win the national championship. I thought it was going to be a 2005 type redemption run. Instead, they play, you know, Loyola Chicago. Cameron Crutwig is like making Kofi Coburn look like he's never played basketball before. And, you know, they get upset. And now we all talk about like Brad Underwood. He can't figure it out. He can't coach. I think he can coach. I think he has a lot of talent in that building. I think Coleman Hawkins, TJ Shannon, Dane Danger. I think they have some really, really good pieces on this team. Coleman Hawkins could be Big Ten Player of the Year conversation if he plays up to par as he should. TJ Shannon could be a first-round pick if he plays like he should. So I, I think Illinois is a really fascinating team. I have I, I drink the Kool-Aid, I feel like, every year with this team because I can see the talent. I can see the writing on the wall. Um, so this year, I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant to, to buy all the way in. But all the pieces are there. I think Brad likes this group a lot, and he said it's some of the most competitive practices he's had um, since he's been at Illinois. So I, I think this team could have a really good year, and, and they could be a real threat in March. All right, let's zoom out. Let's let's talk about the the marketing of college basketball. Mm. Who will be the faces or the names come the end of this season that Tate Frazier is like, I, I told you he was going to be the dude this year. Like, I see Kentucky got a whole group. You yeah. know, Coach Cal is tired of uh, not getting the number one class every single year like he used to. So he went and restocked. Like, where where outside of Zach Eady and and some of the bigs that you mentioned, who are some of the who are the some of the players that this this season will be wrapped around or, you know, pretty much have the theme of the season. I respect the fact that Calipari went back to the well, right? He said, what did I do when I came here? I went one and done. I went for flash. I went for athleticism. And then we figured it out as the season went on. I think he went back and said, I'm going to bring in that same caliber of five-star recruits, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, Rob Dillingham, right? Those are three names that we're all going to know. Um, you know, a is another name. He's a sophomore, but he'll be in that conversation. Mm. Antonio Reeves, who came back, he'll be in that conversation. Kentucky is an electric team. And I think that John Calipari is going to be a talking point this year with that team um, and they're going to be you know on sports center and Cal's going to be on sports center and he's going to be competing with Patino for sports center hits you know what I mean it's going to be that <laughs> that type of season I think another name that you know after his first game he really put himself out there uh, Jacoby Walter at Baylor um, I know Kevin O'Connor at the ringer had him top five going into the season I think he's going to be you know a talking point for top three potentially just because of his raw ability 27 points in his first game and a smooth 27 it looked like it was easy didn't play play is great against a division two team in his second mm -hmm. game. But, um, you know, one note that I got is that he makes hard shots, but he misses easy shots. So that's something to keep an eye on. So, um, and in the NBA, you don't really have the opportunity to, uh, to take tough shots if you don't make easy shots. So that's one concern. And then another name I think is going to come to the forefront. Everyone wants to talk about Bronny James, Bronny James, Bronny James, but in reality, the main player at USC is Isaiah Collier, and yeah. he was the number one player in the class until Ron Holland jumped him. Ron Holland, playing for G League Ignite, was supposed to go to Texas um, and is oh, you know number one pick on some boards out there. But I think Isaiah Collier could end up being the number one pick. He could end up being the Pac-12 Player of the Year. He could end up being the National Player of the Year, and he's just a freshman. He is a um, – I saw him in person. I mean, he's probably 6'3", 6'4", 
Uh, he's listed at 6'5", but he is just a hoss. I mean, that dude is like a bowling ball, like going downhill. Nobody can stop him. If he wants to get to the basket, he will. And I think I, I saw it in his first game. I'm like, I can see that the game can already slow down for him, right? Even though he's playing at this ridiculous pace, he can slow it down and see it. And uh, that is a skill that guards... Um, you know, that are really good, have a knack for, and uh, he got it in game one. So I think Isaiah Collier could be a guy that's, uh, you know, one of the faces of college basketball. Tate, I'm sold, brother. You <laughs> caught me up. I'm going to, you know, I'm, you're going to be my cheat sheet throughout right, the season. Call me. Though. So we, we, yeah, we're going to drop a line in on you <laughs> so I can keep these dudes straight. I got to get back in, you know, I'm feeling old, you know, yesterday was the birthday. This is the day after, you know, you, you, you got me back my balance. Okay. If, uh, if this uh, day wasn't going to be anything else besides <laughs> watching the bears get their ass kicked oh, by the Carolina Panthers, no. at least you, you brightened it up for me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, no, I, would, I don't either. I would I like either. to see uh, Bryce Young show me something, but uh, yeah, Shout out to you for, I appreciate you trying to buy back into college basketball. I, I am out yeah. there right now. I'm yelling to the streets. Please watch these games. I swear they're not that bad. You can enjoy them. And uh, I appreciate you saddling up and, and making it happen. So I, we, oh, yeah, we, we need that. We need that out yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. If I, hey, listen, if I can go to my kids, win a recital when none of these damn kids can hold a note, I can watch kids miss jump shots so right. I can find out who the hell the best players in the right. nation are. Hey. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. And I, and I miss entry passes. You know what I mean? College basketball. <laughs> like, they like to make an entry pass. Look at, look at Tate. Look at Tate putting on his old man goggles already. Huh? Look at, hey, all, they do, all they do is travel in that damn league. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm tired of these step backs. Throw the ball inside. There it is. Hey, hold on, Tate. That, 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 that train's never late. Hold on now, Tate. Hold on, baby. Tate Frazier, ladies and gentlemen, through the ringer. Of course, you can catch him on FanDuel TV. He is all over the place. You know who he is. You know, Bill Simmons podcast. You know, you know the voice. You know, he's a handsome man out here. Tate is moving me is out here. That's why he he's slumming it with us here on the Full Go Podcast. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, Jason. Anytime, man. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. It's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. You know, every once in a while you get some news in the sports world that kind of rocks you and you're like, man, why do I feel this way about this? Like, is it, is it this important to me? And, and being in this business can jade you. Um, you know, I, I uh, admittedly so have been jaded for a while and I try to get back into the, the fan perspective and just the feelings that I have about the, the games that we watch. And of course, you know, it's a pretty cool job. Like we get a, get a chance to opine about <laughs> games that kids play. But the thing that I grew up with and, and love the most in this city was that connection and that relationship that as a kid, as an early customer to sports and this, this industry, the connection that 
the narrators of these games had. Like I grew up with Jim Durham and then, of course, Johnny Red Kerr and Tom Doerr on the Bulls side. You know, Wayne Larravee and, 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 and those dudes uh, before Wayne went to, to the Green Bay Packers radio broadcast and then Jeff Joniak took over. Like the, the, the sounds of the game, the people who relay that to you are as important sometimes as the actual game because the players change, right? The coaches change, the architects change. But the person who is disseminating that information or giving you that vibe through, you know, whatever audio or, or, or video device that you are consuming it through that, that it seems like it's omnipresent until it isn't anymore. It seems like it's, it's, it's going to be there until it isn't anymore. Hell, Hawk Harrelson and, and, and Tom Pachorik when I was a kid, right? And Steve Stone on the north side with Harry Carey. Like we have been blessed to have some iconic, iconic names and and legendary people um give us the games that we so love you know pat hughes on the north side pat hughes in the hall of fame you know the, the, the these are people who are currently working in our city and we're blessed to have them lynn casper always i have thought has done a great job whether it be on the radio side of things the tv side of things on the sock side on the cub side lynn casper is fucking amazing right so when i got the news that jason benetti uh, was taking the Detroit Tigers job a- as a White Sox fan. And I-, I didn't think it would hit me like this, but as a White Sox fan, there's been some dark days. There's been some awful, awful seasons. There's been some awful times. There's been things that you know as, as a person in this industry and in this in this city behind the scenes that go on that you just, un- just you feel bad for sometimes. Man, let me tell you something right now. This shit shook me to my core. Jason Benetti is one of the best in the industry, in the nation, in the world at what he does. And we were fortunate enough to have him in our backyard for 162 game seasons on on the South Side. And Jason Benetti not only brought things to a broadcast that were commendable, but they were fresh and they made people think and they made people inquire more about baseball than just the the analytical side too. That's the other thing of these new age broadcasters, Jason Benetti weighed and, and invested in the human and emotional side as much as he did the analytical side. But depending on what you were coming to the broadcast for, you were getting fed both things, the special interest stories, the, the, the things that, that, that brought you closer to players that you maybe didn't know. And also the things that he would, put forward in terms of educating you about the game that you were watching in the three hours or so, two and a half hours or so that he got alongside Steve Stone. I remember when Jason Benetti got the job and I knew what the backlash would be. I knew what it would be, but we knew about Jason Benetti because of his time uh, as an intern at the score and then him going to do uh minor league ball and, and Dan Bernstein and the likes talking about him and saying, Hey man, this is going to be the dude. Like y'all better watch out. This is the guy right here. And when he got the job, we were ecstatic. And I knew it would take some time for people to get used to his style. He's a witty dude. He makes fun of himself. He's self-deprecating. You know, he, he, he talks about, he talks about his struggles physically. He talks about the things that might make you uncomfortable. He disarms the room with it so that we can go on about the business of just enjoying each other's company. And that's what a baseball broadcaster, I think, is, is for. To give you what you need, but also to enjoy your time. 
baseball settles in in the summer and like no other sport does. It, it, it follows you around. It's, it's always wafting through the air. You know, I, I love in the summer to have the game on on two or three TVs separately in the crib and just walk through the rooms and have the windows open and, and just feel the Chicago summer while also getting some White Sox baseball in my system. And this last two and a half, two years or so has been dreadful. It's been atrocious. And the only thing that's been keeping us coming back to that shit is, is Steve Stone. And of course, Jason Benetti. So when I read a statement that says that Jason Benetti has explored options to go become the Detroit Tigers play by play guy, I say to myself, what in the hell could you have done to make sure that that's not the case? This man is on the road, <laughs> what, 220 some odd days out the year. He's already on ESPN's college football beat. He's on ESPN's college basketball situation. The man is everywhere at all times. So what in the world can you do understanding his value out there in the marketplace to make sure that he stays right here at home calling games for his home team? That's the other thing. He's a fan of Chicago White Sox. He's a fan of the organization. Like, it was such a perfect fit. And in a, in a year that has seen Chicago White Sox fans um, Patience, um, attitudes, uh, investment, um, and downright love be chipped away at. This is, uh, and, and I'm not making more of this than I, I, you know, some may think. Like this is a this is this is a death blow for a lot of Chicago White Sox fans, man. Like the dude is important, and so is Steve Stone, but. Jason Benetti is an important, important person when it comes to relaying bad times in an entertaining manner, as he has for the last couple of years. I, I, I wish Jason nothing but the best. <clears throat> I know he is. Uh, I know he's an outstanding talent and will continue to be so. And I'm looking forward to whatever the Detroit Tigers fans are getting ready to experience because they're getting one of the best in all of the game. We are blessed to have Adam Amin in this city. We are blessed to have Lynn Casper. We are, like I said, Pat Hughes. Like there are some phenomenal talents doing play by play in this city. Some phenomenal talents. But when it comes down to it, man, you know, there, there aren't many better in all of the business than Jason Benetti. So the fact that the Chicago White Sox now don't have Tim Anderson going forward, don't have, you know, a lot of the players that, we thought would be here. A lot of the players that are here have, have kind of plateaued or are going the wrong direction. Um, no White Sox fan right now is enamored with the thought of Pedro Grafol being the manager going into this year. Chris Getz saying, I don't like the team a couple of days ago. Well, guess who put the fucking team together, dog? Like you were part of the group that put the team together. So you saying you don't like your work doesn't really, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fill me with confidence. I'm not infused with, with hope. Okay. So for all that to be going on and then to wake up and then to read on Twitter and to find out from people around the, the, the land that Jason Benetti will no longer be here calling baseball games. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. This has been a nightmare 365 days or so for a White Sox fan. I got people talking about they're not going to be Sox fans anymore. You know, my man Vaughn said he, you know, you know, he, he, 
You stop watching in July. Diehard dudes, dudes who love baseball. And I will say this, you know, and I said this on my man Mario in Hyde Park. Uh, shout out to Mario. I said it on his, his, his show today. The White Sox are taking for granted that people love baseball and that's the dope that they're dealing right now. So everybody's just going to come and get it. You know, just because you, 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 you selling my favorite dish doesn't mean that you're cooking it well. And the Chicago White Sox, for whatever reason, are kind of tone deaf. They're kind of tone deaf to not only what Sox fans feel and are saying, but now, you know, people who aren't even Sox fans are shaking their heads at some of the decisions that are being made or not made. Some of the people who are still around or not around. Like, it's just, it's just a bad look and a bad vibe. Only 50 some odd days before we should really start to talk about. I mean, the offseason hasn't really even started yet. Like, we're not even talking about trades and we're not really talking about free agent acquisitions yet. Like, we, we're not talking about any of those things. All we've been talking about as White Sox fans is despair and, and lack of hope. And now this news, a world-class broadcaster who was in your backyard now goes to Detroit. Like, shout out to Detroit, but I don't think Jason Benetti, if he had his druthers, whether being with a healthy White Sox organization or the Detroit Tigers, would have chosen the Detroit Tigers. And I'm not speaking for Jason at all. I'm just saying, it doesn't look good. And in fact, it looks poor in every definition of the word. So I wish the best for my man, JB. Uh, you know, this is personal for me because I, I really, I really care for that dude. And the fact that he's not going to be uh, blasting through the speakers of my television or, you know, me hearing him on, you know, on, on watching him on MLB TV or something like that when I'm out of town, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. But, you know, that's actually, it's actually been the common theme for White Sox baseball over the last year and a half or so. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer. And you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So, fellas, moving a little bit slower today. It's the day after the birthday. And, uh, you know, I, I'm 43 now, feeling good, you know, not feeling, not feeling bad, just feeling a little tired, you know, because your boy had the, uh, the bright idea to, to keep the night going last night. And, uh, you know, the day started with it, it, it actually, <clears throat> it actually was one of the better birthdays that I've had in terms of the start of the day. Cause my little guy was here and, you know, he woke up and, you know, forgot that he had to surprise me with a birthday card, ran back in the room, pretended like I didn't see him. And then he ran back out and, you know, him and my fiance, they, they made me feel special in the morning. Then I took my guy to school and, you know, went about my day. And uh, my lady told me she wanted to kidnap me, which I'm always down for. You feel me? You know, you, you hear you're going to get kidnapped on your birthday. I'm like, oh, kidding me? I t- 
took some ginseng yesterday. I'm ready for whatever. You feel? <laughs> but then, you know, as we drove for about a good 35, 40 minutes, I realized, you know, we were going to do something uh, productive. <laughs> so, so we pull up to the gun range, <laughs> which I was like, oh, okay, is this a, you know, this, this might be a, a hit. <laughs> okay, cool. Shot some, shot some guns, you know, did some things, hung out. Uh, felt, felt masculine, you know, <laughs> and, uh, my lady's a pretty good shot too, by the way. That's, that's the other thing, man. Doing certain things competitively with your lady for the first time, it, it, it's always a, a, like a battleground, right? Like you, you don't want to, you don't want to look like, especially in that, you know, venue, you don't want to look like, you know, you can't protect your people, right? You know, I, I, I like to blame some of my scatter shot on my bad right eye. You know, I like to blame it on that if I can, but you know, I probably can't. But yeah, she did a thing. We we had a good time. Uh, it was a lot of gun people around the gun range, so that's always an interesting vibe. You know, I'm not I'm not a gun guy. Like, you know, I'm not the dude that's gonna sit there and talk to you about like spring loading systems and you know <laughs> double taps and technique. Like, nah, dog. I'm. <laughs> No, thank you. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I listen, I don't listen to underground radio. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not walking around ready for combat at all times. You know what I mean? Like, I like conversation and feminine energy too much for all that rah rah. So we get back in the car, sit in traffic for a little while, go have some, uh, some, some dinner. And then we head out to the United Center to go take in some Bulls basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Phoenix Suns, Chicago Bulls. Give myself a, you know, a little, a little sweet action. Shout out to the powers that be for holding me down. But then, then the time came where the people that I work with, uh, decided it was best to start putting the camera on me and, t- and, and we going to talk to Adam on Sunday, you know, cause I, I love him promoting, you know, what my lady got going on, but you ain't got to shit on me to, to make my lady sound more grand. I went back and listened to what this man said about me when they had him on the camera. I had me on the camera talking about my, my much more famous, uh, fiance. Hey, Adam, man. Hey, you my man, 50 grand, but fuck you, dog. You know how long I worked to become this little famous? You feel me? You can't just, can't just take that away from me on my birthday of all things. You know what I mean? Like I, I am an H-list celebrity in this town. God damn it. And I will not have my crown taken. So, so yeah, Adam, you hate her? Nah, that's my man. That's my man. But yeah, they, they put us on the camera and did the happy birthday Jason thing. John Paxson was behind me and Mark Eversley were in the seat next, uh, suite next to me and Michael Reinsdorf was next to them or in the suite with them, I should say. And I think they, they got a chance to see how I interact during Bulls games while I'm at work. Because I'm mother effing turnovers. I am screaming like, you know, get over. And my, my lady's asking me like what reads are. Cause I'm, you know, she's not with me when I'm watching basketball games usually cause I'm at, at my work. So everything that Will Purdue and Kendall Gill get, uh, uh, Michael Ryan's or John Paxson and Mark Eversley were hearing right to the right of me. Right. And I was, I, you know, joked with, uh, cause John said hello and, uh, Mark Eversley came over and said hello. And I, I said to them, I'm like, my bad, y'all, for cursing. And Mark said, you know, hey, don't worry, I've been cursing this whole game. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, it was a fun game, fun game, entertaining game. Bulls got themselves a DeMar DeRosa problem, y'all. And we've been kind of like dancing around, talking about it, you know, in different ways for two years now. But that's going to be the guy that got to go. Like, 
if 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 the losses add up and the schedule doesn't help you out, um, I was I saw this crazy stat that I that I saved because I wanted to bring it to your attention. Uh, the Bulls and their offense is still kind of broken, and when we talk about tempo, we talk about pace and all those things. Like they've got pieces that just don't do what you need to do in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NBA these days in terms of pace and shooting threes. This this is the stat from, and I don't want to, I don't want to butcher this person's name, and I know I will, but it's from Herolobus Vulgaris. Okay, and this person is. Uh, Verified, he's got 183,000 followers. You know, it's followed by a whole bunch of NBA entities. So I, I, I'm assuming this is a stat person that I can trust. And if not, yeah, 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 Heralabas, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they tweet out: Bulls are taking 21 percent of their shots from long two, which is four percent. And if y'all understand the breakdowns, four percent is a lot. It's four percent higher than the second highest team, which are the Miami Heat. Right. And what do we talk about when we talk about the Miami Heat? Like their offense is geared and built for the playoffs. But if they're down a lot in a regular season game, their lack of three point shooting and the, and the volume of long twos that they take is hard for them. That's why they have to play the grinded out style that they do. Well, guess what? If you play offense like the Miami Heat, but don't play defense like the Miami Heat, you're screwed. You're screwed. You have to play a day. And that's been the problem with the Bulls for a couple of years now. They got to play a damn near perfect offensive game in the way that they play it in terms of tough shots and finishing at the rim. I mean, you know, Vooch had himself a nice offensive game, but defensively, I was astonished. And and I talked about it at the beginning of the season, too. The Kevin Durant, Joseph Nurkic um, chemistry in the pick and roll. First of all, t- seeing two seven footers play pick and roll basketball is hilarious to me. Like, who'd have thought we'd be here? Like, the future is now and has been for a while that we've got men this size able to or- or orchestrate and choreograph a flawless pick and roll read. And Yosef Nurkic, I knew was a good passer, but he was making critical reads down the stretch of that game in terms of just kick out for corner threes, kick out for wing threes, finding cutters behind the pick and roll. Like he, His talent in Portland and before that Denver, we always knew it, but there was always a reason he had to be off the court, whether it be teams going small on him or foul trouble. He was a, he was, he's a notorious fouler, but the dude was the key to, the, I mean, Grayson Allen played his ass off. Like for all the shit that we talk about Grayson Allen and how angry everybody wants to get at him, he's gotten better every year. He's gotten better every single year he's been in the league. And, you know, he was one of the catalysts in the game, you know, last night. But Kevin Durant was defended well. Torrey Craig, I thought, did a terrific job on him. Patrick, 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 Patrick. Patrick Williams, man, you know. The groans, the groans and the sighs when Patrick Williams, you know, makes a a breathtaking move and doesn't finish or goes up for a dunk and doesn't finish like everybody's rooting for this dude. And defensively, I thought he did some good things against Kevin Durant. They made it tough on Kevin. Billy Donovan decided he wasn't going to beat him. He, at the end of the game, fourth quarter, we, we blitzing that. we getting the ball out of his hands and they made the right reads. They knocked down enough shots and DeMar DeRozan, man, not the way you want to finish. 
you know, almost lost the game before regulation, throwing the ball into traffic on a baseline drive where he got caught in the air. And, you know, this team does a lot more jump passing than I would like. Like fundamentally, this team isn't as sound as the way that they have to be because of the offense that they play. The long twos and the mid-range twos that they take all the time, you're not getting to the line with those. So you have to knock down an exorbitant amount of those shots for you to even compete with these teams that are taking 45 threes a game. Like the math problem continues to present itself. And the only way I think they're going to release themselves of this math problem is by trading DeMar DeRozan. And I'm not saying as if I don't like DeMar. DeMar has been outstanding here, like as a dude, as a player. But sometimes you, you know, they they reached their, their point. They reached their limit last year to me. So the continuity talk was just, you know, it was just a Band-Aid, you know, and the success of the Miami Heat. And what they did against them with three minutes remaining in that playing game, I think was uh, a little foolhardy, to be honest with you. Um, and to see it play out against that kind of team who's getting its sea legs, but you can, you know, I mean, you got Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant on the same floor. Like, you know, that was one of those barometer games and you almost won it, but your fatal flaw is how you get your offense, who you get your offense through. And unfortunately, your main decision maker not being a guy who has a shoot first mentality. And that's not to say that he's not, you know, a good player. DeMar DeRozan damn near had a Hall of Fame career if y'all look at the numbers. Like DeMar DeRozan is going to be a coveted pickup during the trade market. I'm just saying now, if you want to restart this thing, you've got ample evidence. You've got ample opportunity. You're going to have a marketplace for DeMar DeRozan. Philadelphia 76ers, some teams are going to come calling for a, a proven veteran score in the playoffs. Guy who's going to be able to get you 20, 22, 25, 30 in a pinch against a really good defense and be the second or third best player on your team. You got to find out what you got. And I'm talking about with Zach, too. I mean, you know, there were moments against the, the, the Suns these last three games where Zach is just throwing himself at the rim and Sometimes looking for a call too much for me, but not getting to the free throw line, but I appreciate the aggression. Like they, they, they were down 26 to four or 24 to six to start that basketball game. So the amount of energy that you have to expend to even get back in that joint is just absurd. So by the time you do shit, your legs are dead. When they went to overtime on that last possession where Kevin Durant, you know, it was guarded by Alex Caruso. And shout out to Caruso and Kobe White and Torrey Craig. Like, they played some dogged defense against that Suns team. But the moment it went to overtime, I'm like, I don't know if they got the legs to do it. I don't know if they have the lift. So it was one of those barometer games. But let's face it, we know that the Bulls aren't a contending team. But it was it was very eye-opening. And just to be back in the UC, to see uh, the fact that there's a, a, a spatial issue at times. And just the, these three players just haven't, haven't resulted in a lot of winning or enough winning, period. And at what point are you going to say to yourself that this isn't working? And I think that point is getting ready to come here. So it was a good night. Uh, good to be at the UC. Good to see some familiar faces. Um, and good to feel the love too, man. Like I'm, I'm a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hermit. <laughs> I don't really go outside too tough. It's not safe out there, as I experienced last night as well. It's not safe out there. So 
when I do get outside, you know, it's good to good to run into people and see people and uh, talk to people who have been following the journey for the last 20 some odd years. It was fun. It was cool. It was it, it felt good. I felt I felt loved. I don't you know, I, I usually feel loved and I don't have to address it or whatever, but I felt a lot of love last night. So thank you to everybody uh, who uh, had anything to do with uh, showing that love yesterday and last night. It was a good time. And then my dumb ass made the mistake of thinking that we should go out and have some drinks and listen to some loud music uh, with African-Americans. And then, and then that's when the night went off the rails. <laughs> Shout out to all my people. I heard my man Jay Illa, uh, DJ over at Hubbard Inn. Oh, my God. Well, I had an incident where a young lady kept choosing to uh, put her uh, drink on the uh, the table that we were sitting at. And I kept... At repeatedly asking her, hey, could you not? <laughs> could you not? Because I know my woman. So I'm like, hey, for your sake, ma'am, could you not? Uh she 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 up downed me. <laughs> she gave me the she gave me the look like I'm small. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and just go ahead and find security and have this young lady escorted up out of here. She got real, she got handsy, you know what I mean? Started started getting handsy. I'm like, ah, this is not my jam. This is when I exit stage left, because Last thing I need is the headline to be Goff arrested on his birthday <laughs> incident at nightclub. You know what I mean? That's just not a good look. It's just not a good look for the brand. It's not a good look for the team. And especially for my uber f- famous celebrity fiance, Adam Amin, you asshole. Yeah. You know, I'm still, I'm still mad about that. I thought I was doing good. I th- you know, always, it always be your boys that kick you back in when you're feeling good. You know what I mean? It's always you guys. But yeah, after that incident got cleared up, listened to some more of the vibes, enjoyed myself, you know, got home safely only to see that, you know, burgers and hot dogs and things were needed <laughs> to recuperate. And we back. We back on the schedule. We ready to do this thing. But thank you to everybody who uh, who wished me a happy birthday. Kyle, Chris, you know, the old crew, you know, Saruti, uh, Allison, Tony, everybody reached out. I am uh, incredibly blessed, incredibly thankful to have all of you guys to talk to and vibe with and share this energy with. It was great to see the fans out there that you see people pulling up on me saying the same things they've been saying for the last few years. Like, oh, man, I miss you on this thing that you used to. I'm like, God damn it. I do something else three times a week. The pod is here for you. It's free. (laughs) You don't have to pay for it yet. Okay, come on. like. Come on, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good to have those similar conversations and see see the folks, man. It was good. It was good to be outside. The city was looking good. It was feeling good. The energy was right outside of the bird that we had to deal with. Other than that, psh, it was good times. It was good times. So here goes here goes 43, huh? 43 never looked more above average. And I'm, I'm down for the crown. I'm looking forward to seeing what this year has in store. And hopefully one of these goddamn teams can get good so that I can have some more joy to bring to this pod like y'all brought to me yesterday on my birthday. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 313. Everybody put your hands in, follow me. See, I was about to bust into the whole the whole Eminem uh, eight mile rap for you, right? I was about to do my best Tyson Bajan impersonation.
you know everybody every one of them every one of them raps lose yourself every every single one everyone it's like it's like it's like the like you remember how we used to pass the constitution test to to graduate eighth grade like to to get out of junior high as a as a, a little white child you have to be able to rap Eminem's entire lose yourself song or else you won't pass uh, I'm 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 sure of it. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. But yeah, thank y'all for hanging out with us here on episode. Uh, see, look, everything's falling apart, in, including the pod. <laughs> thank y'all for hanging out with us here. What the hell was that? Oh, uh, here on episode three one three. Apparently, the is, is that? Did y'all hear that? Y'all didn't hear that just now? The, the loud yeah, band? was there like a mount? Was that Gucci in there? Nah, was it Gucci, Gucci running around your legs there? Hey, I think that was. I think that's the. The results of Pia going to the range. I think I got something waiting for me. Maybe this is the last pod. <laughs> Hold on. We go outside, make sure I'm good. Got a couple of hollow points clinking yeah, on yeah. the ground there. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Don't let me know. I, you know, I mess around and get ready to marry one of the set it off girls. I want to be careful out here, man. I don't want no problems. Uh, yeah, episode 313. I hope you enjoyed it. This was fun. Um, we enjoyed talking to Tate Frazier. Shout out to him. Looking forward to talking to him throughout the college basketball season. And once again, man, Jason Benetti, you know, gone but not forgotten. Our guy is, is still with us in spirit. Like he's a uh, man that sucked. That news, that news broke me down, man. That news did something to me. So shout out to our guy, JB. Jason, uh, Godspeed to you, brother. You deserve everything that you are getting ready to get. And we didn't deserve you to be honest with you. Uh, thank you to everybody who has been a part of this thing. Thank you to our production staff, as always. The shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, who had a, had a conversation about Kyle at the, at the game. Boy, Kyle is, Kyle is out here turning heads on the scene, boy. Media star on the rise. That's my man. Shout out to the exceptional one, Kyle Williams. And of course, of course, the Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton, always setting the vibes. Paternity Poppy, talk to Tony via text. You know, Tony running around, forgetting that he, <laughs> Tony texts me something to the effect of like, you know, I just wake up days and like, hey, man, I got a baby. I forgot I had a baby. Yeah, I got a baby now. Yeah, so shout out to Kinda Tony. Kind of like that for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. You know, for a yeah. few weeks, your yeah. first one, you're like, oh, 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 that's yeah. right. That's right. There's, yeah. a, there's another forgetting. human crawling around pat, on the ground. Pat your you pockets know. when you leave the crib. Like, what am I forgetting? Yeah. I got my kid. Oh, <laughs> shit, my baby. I forgot my baby. Let me go back and get my baby. So shout out to Paternity Poppy, our guy. Tony Gill. And to y'all, man, thank you so much for downloading this thing. Thank you for following us on the socials. Uh, appreciate you rating and reviewing this thing, giving it the five stars you know it needs. If not, we're going to see you in the streets. So make sure you're rating and reviewing. And I will be the first to tell y'all, I don't do any of those things when it comes to other pods. So if you don't do it, just lie to me and say you did it. Okay? Just be like, hey, golf, I rated and reviewed your pod. I'll be like, you're lying, Tim, but I appreciate you. And then we can go ahead with our phony relationship like we normally do. So, yeah, rate and review this thing. Give it the five stars you know it needs. Share it with your family and friends. We are picking up speed. We are we are gaining subscribers and downloads by the boatload. So we appreciate your, your time and your investment in the pod. We will highlight y'all on Sunday. We'll be talking to Adam Amin. We'll, we'll, we'll spray to all fields on Sunday because we got no bears to talk about. We'll jump into the rest of the NFL. Uh I'll have my kid that weekend. So, you know, it should be fun. Maybe I'll hear Jason in the background. I think he is ready to make uh, his uh, season three debut on the pod now. So, you know, he's telling me he's getting, you know, he doesn't want to hear his his baby voice anymore on the pod. 
You know, he's, he's not, he's not happy with his representation. So I'm going to talk to his people and see if we can, uh, if we can recut some of these, uh, liners because, you know, the talent is not happy. When the talent isn't happy, y'all already know how that goes, right? So shout out to the little one. Uh, y'all might hear him this weekend. Uh, for the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking y'all so much once again for hanging out with us. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free. We'll holler at you on Sunday. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 100 Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.